find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, what up? What up? What up? You are listening to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 107. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean John Cusack. Check this out. For the record, there's no celebrity that I'd like to meet. I have absolutely zero care, okay? Long story short, let some motherfucking mystery live and let be. All right. What I mean is like, look, in my life, and I bet thousands of celebrities, the actual term celebrity, not some fucking YouTube star, not no TikTok star, no, no motherfucker. I'm talking about a warranted real celebrity. It's like 50-50 on how, you know, after meeting them, how I felt about that person or how, you know, um, I thought they'd be in real life, you know, with someone I was interested or a fan of. These are people I actually like, you know, followed in, in, you know, for whatever reason, whether it be music, acting, something like that. And, um, you know, I wish I never met them because I had a certain image in my head and it was, it was pleasant. And uh, I also have to take that with a grain of salt. And I mean that because, look, how people are and how they actually are in real life, you know, you really can't determine that off of one, two, three, or four interactions. You know, of course, first impressions are super important, but at the same time, man, we're human. And even though this is not our practice life, look, man, everyone has a bad day. You never know what's going on in someone's life, all right? That might not be the proper representation of who that person actually is, right? Lots of factors come into play, but I said that because I don't necessarily want to meet Liam Neeson or John Cusack. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just funny because I love the movie Taken. I love fucking Man on Fire, you know, revenge movies, things like that, right? But with the John Cusack thing, a good friend of mine who's a famous club promoter, he was just a Hollywood legend. He's still alive now. He's doing his thing. Fuck it. My boy, Josh Richmond. And I'm talking, this guy's fucking, he's really just a fucking legend. His accolades is crazy. But uh, a long time ago, he said I looked like John Cusack. And this was like in the mid-90s. And this is when I had hair and everything. You know, I didn't lose my hair until 2005, right? So it was weird because I was like, huh, what? But people who were significant in my life, whether it be my brother, uh, my wife now, just random people who were like close to me, they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Y- you do look like him. And it wasn't even about necessarily the personality, even though he's quirky dude and shit, right? And John's actually a dope motherfucker. I've always respected Mr. Cusack's Desbian skills. But anyways, man, that <laughs> was just something I wanted to start to show off with. Anyways, I do hope you liked the Green Beret episode. It's 106. I got really great feedback on it. And um, I hope to have dude back. You know, um, it, it was crazy because, again, I, like I said, that show could have been three fucking hours long. That motherfucker could talk. And, you know, I could talk about anything. We could have kept going. I didn't even, I had like four or five questions I didn't even ask because it was going too long. And Miles, I don't want to drive his ass crazy. I know Miles like, man, blah, blah. And look, Miles don't really complain about a lot of things. You know what I mean? Shout out to Miles and Jordan, the Dust Brothers, a.k.a. the production team, DBP, Dust Brother Podcasts. Anyways, you know, I honestly think fans of this show or... I hate to say fans of, of me personally, right? Because now I actually have a real show. So you could be a fan of the show. That's cool. But a fan of me is just, it's weird because I, I get awkward about that. But people who say I've inspired them in some way or another, something like that, the, you know, the people who follow me on social, whatever it may be, some of those people have been, you know, well, the few of that I've had on the show is only what, two or something. They've been surprisingly some of my best guests. And that brings up... um the other person who I've had on the show who was, I mean, a friend now, right? I would say more than acquaintance because, you know, we speak. Um, but Aria, you know, Filipino-American, pretty girl, businesswoman. She has uh, an enormous boulder on her shoulder. Not even a chip. Aria, if you're listening, you know how much 
I care about you and I don't give a fuck what you got to say because <laughs> if I got one, you got one. And uh, we'll get more into that later. But yo, Aria, you know, she had a good show. People um, who listen and subscribe to this podcast were a big fan of hers after that. And she has moved mountains. She has broke a lot of stigmas and a lot of stereotypes of pretty girls or bottle waitresses, whatever the fuck you may want to say. She's a motherfucking boss. But again, there's a lot of people want to get on the show. Um, there's a long list. And there's people who want to get on and everything. But you know what? I'm not chasing anybody down. I'm not rushing anybody. It's not that like, and of course, I don't think that I'm too cool at all. It's quite the, you know, the opposite. You know, I, I call myself the wash lord for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, no, we don't need to get into all that. Uh, COVID-19, still fucking, uh, you know, out there still killing motherfuckers, still infecting people. Anthony Fauci said he thinks that we could be back to normal. That's a very strong word too, you know, and he's, he's careful about his words. By November 2021, I think, you know, 22 would be safe. Summer 2022 or spring 2022 would be safe to say, but hey man, cool, I'll take it. And I'm being real, okay? Uh, you know, I wanted to get into fear-mongering. That, that I hear that word fear-mongering, right? And, it, and it's used way more with Republicans than anything. And, and again, man, you know, if anything, by, well, actually, nah. You know, a lot of people used to think that I'd fit the Republican, you know, um, uniform better than anything, but it's just a word that they always use. And you think about that word fear-mongering. You know what? Look, I'm gonna call it what it is. People are soft today, softer than they've ever motherfucking been in my entire lifetime, just observing, you know, all the decades, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s now. This is the softest motherfucking year in time ever in the last few years, okay? People are like, it's too much bullying, this and that, but man, shut the fuck up. You bitch ass hoe. You like literally punk sissy motherfuckers, okay? Fear mongering. You know what? I can't think of, besides like snakes and fucking sharks, you know, that's warrant, that's real, okay? With that said, you know, COVID-19 and fear-mongering, the term, should never go hand, it should never, never, period. Why? Because it's almost killed a million people. Now, I'd be like, oh, we're a quarter million. I'm just saying, it's on its way there, and it will. You know, again, people are like, oh, well, you know, we're not afraid of the flu. The flu is killed. Look at man. Again, it, it wasn't this contagious. It wasn't this, and there's never been an issue like this before, you know? Um, but again, if you were, you took it serious, if you do realize, you know, what's crazy is this. So many people, I forgot the exact statistic. So many people who died, actually died from COVID, a majority of them didn't believe they were going to get it. That's what the crazy fucking part was. There's a lot of people who were scared of it. They were careful, whatever, and they died. Yes. But a majority of the people didn't believe in it. And that's why the fear-mongering word is so fucking stupid to say. It's like, yo, man, this is fucking crazy. You should assess the information, not the misinformation, well, the misinformation too. You should figure out what is real. All right. Now, at the end of the day, science is it's, it's related to mathematics, right? You think about it. Two plus two is always going to be four. I always use these terms, do you know? And with most people, again, I know I use the example of like Democrats see the number six, Republicans see the number nine. And, you know, you could see how you can mix them up. We'll turn it over. It is, what you know, you see that. Oh, well, no, it is a six. Oh, it's a nine. It's six. It's a nine. And then now, you know, it's like Democrats are like, yeah, it's still a six. And Republicans are like, oh, it's a four. And that's where that two plus two equals five and all that crazy ass shit goes on. Look, man. Science is going to be science, all right? And with that said, this shit has killed more than anything else in the United States of America as far as the world. I can't really speak on that, right? I haven't been following it. I just know it's out there. And, you know, of course, waiting for a vaccine and who knows how expensive it's going to be. Who knows how, um, if it's going to fucking work, right? How, you know, um, effective it is. I, I just think that people that don't take it serious, it's... Because, you know, you're like, fuck this one. Like, guys, there's not more Democrats, you know what I mean, in China or in Italy and other places or in New Zealand. Like, like what the fuck are you guys? Like, do you not get what I'm trying to get, say here? Like, 
there's a reason why shit is, has shut down. It's not fear. It's being smart. It's being prepared. It's being respectful. And, you know, I'm saying this because it's an intro because, you know, it's been ridiculously hot out here, right? There's been a heat wave like a motherfucker. Like, it's just been so fucking hot outside that I know people are like, man, I need to put the fucking AC on and all that shit. And, you know, people want to go to the beach. It's the first thing they want to do, right? And so a couple nights ago, this TikTok star, just can you fucking imagine again? Like, I, man, again, you know what? I'm old. You guys call me boomer, where the fuck it may be. You know, someone at 17 or 16, that might be the shit to them. Um, me growing up, let me tell you something. You know, again, the people I respected, it was warranted. Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Bruce Lee, Bob Marley, certain people, it was skill. You know, I have to just strongly, you know, disagree with people saying that rap is still the same. Nah, man, it's nowhere near, anywhere near the same of the music I grew up with. You know, the skill set is nowhere near the same. Now, there's other things that, you know, as far as trickery or as far as, you know, cleverness and all that stuff. It, yeah, cool. But as far as like it, the overall skill in bars, nowhere near the same. It's not even, I'm talking like, it's like comparing CJ McCollum to Michael Jordan. You can't, you know, one is good and one is not. And I'm giving them a very big compliment. Oh, anyways, going on. TikTok star, Bryce Hall. No idea who the fuck the dude is. Whatever. All I know is that he is popular and whatever. And he has this place called the Sway House. I don't know if it's like the Swag House or what the fuck's it called? The the Cloud House. What are the fuck the, one of these stupid ass house names are? All right. He had a party and it looked like there might have been 500, 600 people there. Right. And there's actually some people I know there. Well, I say I know. I'm not talking about I'm good friends, but like, you know, people I know that were there. And 95% of the people weren't wearing masks and they think this shit is a joke. You know what? Yes. From what I know, it's difficult to get when, you know, it's hot outside. But again, if you're inside a house and it's packed and doors are, you know, your, your airspace, your breathing space, yo, man, motherfuckers are going to get sick from there, period. It's what it is, you know? And um, I saw San Diego Beach on Saturday and Sunday packed, like fucking packed. All right. Why? You know, again, people like, man, we're going to live lives. Look, y'all are cutting your lives in half. You ain't living your best life. You are not, you are acting like it's a practice life. You are not listening to the BTB bylaws. All right. I don't understand why. It is just fucking pure ignorance. It is selfish. You have no respect for other people's health. It is fucking pathetic and sad. Um, Italy has just made face masks mandatory in public from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I have no idea what the fuck they're supposed to do. From 6.01 p.m. to 5.59 a.m., no idea, but they close the nightclubs. I have a friend out there who's in Italy. I don't know how the fuck she got in. She actually might be an Italian citizen. Um, as you know, there was nowhere Americans could go except Mexico. And I see people in Tulum. I see people in Cabo, and it's like crazy packed. Like, I'm not going to fucking Cabo. Like, again, yeah, flying private to Cabo really ain't shit. It's cool. You know, these people are flying, um, you know, commercial airlines and um. It's just, nah, man, I'm just not, again, I'm not trying to be in an airport right now. Some of them, you know, airports aren't as crowded anymore, and it doesn't matter because the planes are, and it's just, you're just setting yourself up, and why walk into the lion's den? It makes no sense. But um, my friend was in San Diego, and she's showing me pictures and stuff, and she's being safe, but, you know, that plane ride back, I, I hope she's okay. But, you know, people are in Tulum, pardon, I see the clubs are packed and everything, and it's just like, yo, man, I read this statistic in, um, on the CDC, and they said, you know, um, young Americans between the age of 18 and 25 have been faced with severe depression in this last five, six months. And at least, I think it was 35% of that age group has contemplated suicide in this last five, six months. And I'm like, damn, man, you know, again, mental strength, mental toughness. Some people don't have it. Do you know? I could, you can call me every fucking, the worst of the worst. You can call me a chink, call me homie, call me anything you want. None of those mean anything to me. Again, that shit bounces off of me. There's certain things, you know, whatever. Again, not that I'd be depressed if someone was talking about my mom bad or my, my wife or my kids, but like, I just don't allow it out of respect. Me, I'm not really tripping, you know, but these kids, they're not strong enough to ignore it or whatever, you know. I just think that they didn't pay attention in school when, you know, 
um, when those rhymes were out. I don't know if this, again, I'm old, you know, like sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's just like, you know, you just learn that at a young age, you know, now obviously words do hurt and they hurt people, but you know, I'm like a little bit different. I'm fucked up in the head. I'm savage. Something's definitely wrong with me. And like, you know, they just don't affect me the same, but to hear that it bums me out because I know a shit ton of people between 18 and 25. You know, my nieces are 18 years old. And by the way, Sydney and Zoe, I love you. I know you're not listening because I don't know. I'd just be fucking weird. But uh, my, my nieces, um, actually, you know, they turn 18 this uh, Wednesday, the 19th. Anyways, I, I don't want to, like, depression to the point you want to commit suicide because you can't go outside and certain things. It's like, yo, again, you know, I'm incredibly blessed. I get it. But it's just fucking crazy. And again, you know, all this could have been prevented, you know, protect your investment, protect your mental health, protect your energy, protect all that shit. But at the same time, if you use your brain and if you use respect and not for yourself, respect for other people, whether you are healthy or you're not healthy, all this shit could have been gone a long time ago. The only thing is, you know what? As soon as people slip up, boom, look, New York, you know, I guess they're doing better, but like, look, their shit's still shut down. Italy is starting to fucking get a spike again, and I don't know exactly what the spike is, but like, you know, this is after they've had severe death and high outbreaks, you know, there were fucking hot spots, and now shit comes back because people are chilling, and it's like, you know, again, it's warm, and so I don't know how effective that warm weather shit is, but look... When November comes around, I mean, it's going to be a whole different part. You know, and I'm not, listen, man, I'm not fear mongering. I'm telling you, motherfuckers, when it gets cold again across the earth, all right, except Australia, because it'll be fucking summertime over there, but like, and maybe Hawaii. In November, when flu season hits in December, it is going to be a shit show. And you motherfuckers want to play games? All right, man, you know, play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, all right? They're talking about legally, um, since 1905, there was a law that they created, whatever, that they could legally make you take the vaccine. Otherwise, you can't go to work or school. Well, check this out. Again, as much as I want to prevent, you know, and wear a mask, and every time I'm out in public, I do. um, I do show up to certain things. Please believe I'm N95, at the very least, KN95, right? Um, I'm not shaking hands. I have sanitizer in my pocket. I got sanitizer in the car. I have sanitizer everywhere. I'm making sure I'm not touching my eyes, nose, or mouth with my hands without being perfectly like clean and just all that shit. So with all that said, I've said every week, I'm not taking a vaccine. You know, um, especially anything that has to do with Bill Gates. If he funded $1, I'm not fucking with dude. Um, he has been known and it's and Omar, I don't think it's even a, a secret or anything it's like he's been a fan of population control and um it's it's weird with what's going on and everything I'm not gonna take the vaccine and I don't need to why because um one I own my own businesses um I'm my own boss I'm not going to school my kids aren't going to school well they're not going to be physically in school for at least another year or two so you know I don't know that's just a weird fucking thing. And I'm done with COVID talk. You know, uh, California state law has just passed high capacity magazines for guns. Look, I understand people are super against guns and everything else. It's, I'm kind of like, look, man, I, I'm half glass full type of dude. You know, guns are legal. Um, the states where they have, you know, the most lax laws Obviously, those are places that have the craziest fucking shootouts and, you know, all the mass killings, all that shit and everything else and semi-automatic or fully automatic, where the fuck it may be. Um, I'm not really tripping on that. If they were to take away all the guns, I still wouldn't trip. The fact that they are legal and you can go out there and get them, they make it difficult. And California is the most difficult state in the motherfucking country to have guns. Look, man, I'm cool. And again, I got nothing to worry about. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't did all my shit to make sure I'm good, and you know, and I have my guns. Yes. So while it's legal, and you know, while they've 
made high capacity magazines. I don't know exactly when that date's going to start when you could actually go buy a 13, you know, um, capacity mag, 17, a 30, a 50. Now I'm not necessarily in need of 30, 50 and all that shit and everything else, whatever. Um, but I do have 30 mags and, and whatever for my AR and all that shit. But you know, whenever I carry, understand I'm carrying three clips with me minimum every single time. Well, three clips mostly when, when I have them. I'm going to have one, obviously, you know, in the gun. And I'm going to have two magazines somewhere, no matter what. Anybody under the age 40 might not really understand why I use the word clip and a split or whatever. And if you listen to hip hop and you're a fan of Gangstar, listen to any real hip hop, you know that a full clip is a, is a loaded gun in all the way, right? A, a fully loaded gun. So anyways, I can't believe some dumb motherfuckers like, you say clip, da, da, da. shut the fuck up, stupid ass. I'll call them motherfuckers potato chips. I don't give a fuck what the fuck I call them. Anyways, the thing is, you know, they had Freedom Week last year. And for that one week, you were able to, that was like the real gray area where you could buy. The thing is, police, feds, the um, Department of Justice, all that stuff, they're going to check and see. You may not think so. You may not see it. But they can open up the magazines and see when these things are manufactured. So if you're lying, you know, whatever, depending on which and why I say that is because, look, while they voted for, you know, high capacity magazines, they help because of, you know, a couple home invasions and a couple other things. Look, they are going to definitely figure out a way to stop this shit again and overturn it. That's what I think. So when that green light hits, if you want to go and get yourself, mag- I would I would not wait. I would get that motherfucker quick. And I know it's going to be like a Jordan release or a sneakers app release, where the fuck it is, or a Ben Baller gold money counter release. You better act quick and grab your shit because the shit is going to be gone fast. Now, I'm sorry. When I was talking about clips, look, you never know, right? It's always better to have something and not need it than to need something and not have it. And with that said, if and when, and I have obviously used my firearm several times, unfortunately, when you do need it, understand this is not the movies. You have no fucking idea what's going to happen. The last fucking thing, whether you're a good shot or bad shot, whatever it may be, everything is different. Motherfuckers go to the range and shoot, blah, blah, whatever, and be like, all right, great, boom, I can shoot from 25 feet away and hit a target. Guess what? Can you shoot a moving target? No, it's totally different. Even throwing a skeet in the air, you know what I mean? Or throwing, whatever. It ain't the same. Do you know? Well, not unfortunately. Look, man, shooting a gun out of a moving car Trust me, I've seen it. It is nowhere. If you're spraying somebody with a machine gun, totally different story. If you got a Glock, a handgun or something, SIG, HK, where the fuck it is, a Beretta, look, it is not easy. You could be fucking six feet away from somebody. Car's moving. You're going to fucking, chances are you're going to miss, all right? But then you could hit somebody. Cool. All I'm saying is, obviously, when you have a nine or 10 maximum capacity magazine, it's you know, you never know what the fuck, how long you might need it for, where the fuck you to go. Just saying, you could have a 17 round magazine in, for instance, my HK VP9, and it's not going to be any longer than the 10, you know, round magazine. So it is obviously more effective than anything else. And, you know, they're trying to regulate it because of mass shootings and things like that. And I get it. While it's legal, look, man, it is what it is. You know, the laws are strict here. So, you know, it's not like anywhere else. It's a very touchy subject, but it's just something I wanted to get into. Uh, real quick, I was talking to my accountant, Suleiman, and uh, he had a conversation with an actual IRS agent. He has a great relationship with the IRS, and um, you know I've uh, handled my tax situations and everything, but he just said straight up said, he goes, look, man, the IRS is actively looking at people's social medias, and if you try to associate yourself with a rapper or singer, any kind of entertainment, they're looking to bust motherfuckers. And not necessarily for the PPP. They're just looking to bust motherfuckers out there flexing too tough. You know, be careful what the fuck. If you're just renting and shit and everything else and your shit ain't in order, meaning your life, your taxes, your business, overall, everything, the IRS is out there actively waiting to bust your ass. So don't go out there and doing stupid shit. And even if you are legit, you know what? Why go through all the bullshit? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get pulled over by the cops ever. So, you know, I mean, I'm obviously do things that, you know, I take my chances here and there, but like, I don't want to give anybody a reason, you know, unless they're hating, 
when someone hates on me, I'm making sure I'm giving them a reason to hate on me. You know, but the IRS is out there. You know, that's the last fucking gang. I'm going to call them again. That's the last organization that you want to fuck with, period. That ain't somebody you want to fuck with. With that said, let's take a break real quick, man. And uh, we'll be right back. Yo, Miles, man, you already know what to do. Hit me with some of that Lakey Lake. We'll be right back, y'all. So you hear everyone talking about Peloton, but the cost of those connected fitness bikes makes them too expensive for the average person. So I'm reintroducing you to Echelon Fit. My family and I love our Echelon bike. Echelon has a huge lineup of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors and rowing machines that give you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort and safety of your own home. In as little as 25 minutes, you can get into the best shape of your life and be active with the entire family. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with daily live and on-demand classes that are always available when you need them. Across the country, we're staying home for the greater good. And while we're all learning how to become homebodies, with Echelon, it doesn't mean you have to sit still. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable and for everyone. Their EX1 connected fitness bike is less than half of the price of a Peloton. You don't have to pay a ton for a Peloton, right? And with Echelon financing, you can try them out risk-free for 30 days zero down and as little as $46 a month. Go to echelonfit.com slash baller. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash baller. Come ride with me and the BTB army. Yo, what up? We're back. Um, it's kind of time to discuss the the elephant in the room. I think I'll, with the fucking amount of DMs I got, um, and I was just speaking about the IRS situation. It doesn't obviously doesn't really um, relate to me, just because um, you know I've been fully legit, and uh, you know I think with um, cars being such a big part of my lifestyle, and I think that obviously you know I have an enormous car fan base, and it's been something that, to be truthful, um, if you were to grab like a lot of things that I know about, um, whether it be cannabis or diamonds or, um, you know, cars. Um, surprisingly, people probably wouldn't know because, you know, again, when you know, why the fuck do you think I've been on Be Real's podcast, you know, several times, I've been on Dr. Green Thumb's show and all this stuff and everything else because I've been smoking weed for so goddamn long. A lot of people just don't know because I wasn't in that, like, I didn't necessarily run in those circles. I didn't need to. I ran with the bosses and I was quiet about it, you know, like didn't have to be so public about it, right? The thing I have been publicly about most of my life has been cars. Obviously, there's been music and everything else, right? I don't have the same passion I do for music. But, you know, I spend hours researching and looking at cars every single day, seven days a week, 365, all the time. So with that said, I do know that people are, um, you know, uh, curious and uh, they like to see what I drive and everything else. And, you know, I have um, several cars, right? And I told you I've been getting rid of, I've been cutting the fat. I've gotten rid of a lot of cars. And, uh, you know, I posted like some, some hints, you know, of a new K-Town destroyer. Look, man, ever since I was a little kid, my mom said I was hyper. Teachers said I was hyper. Any adult that had to supervise over me said I was hyper. And one of my goals was to get a hyper car. Now, a lot of people have asked over the years, how come I didn't get a hypercar in 2014 or 2015 or something like that? Now, we'll get into a little more depth of, of being able to afford something later, but I could have. The way I like to spend money is different. I like to be able to buy it 10 times over. And uh, when I buy something, what I mean is if you're going to buy something, and this is even going for like, you know, an asset, whatever it may be. So it could be a home, it could be a watch, it could be anything. I like to say that 
I could buy this 10 times at least and it wouldn't affect me at all. Now with the watch, it's totally different. If it's something materialistic like that, even if it's something that might make me money or whatever, um, depending on the situation, I like to only buy things like that after I've gotten a check and that's not even gonna fuck with the check that I got. So if I'm gonna buy a $30,000 watch, then the check better be at least 150 grand and I'm not really tripping on that. That's like, And that's the only thing that I'm really buying. Boom. And that's how I've always spent my mentality. Kind of like, hey, you know, I was like, hey man, listen, I just wanna make a $1,000 profit a day, meaning I take home a G a day, every single day. So no matter what, some days I'm like, damn, man, I lost two grand today. Or damn, I spent six grand here. Boom. No matter what, I had to make it up. You know, it was like going to the gym, except even harder. You know, all right, well, fuck, I took a 7K loss here. Or three days in a row, I didn't make three Gs. Boom. I had to make it up somewhere. All right, I came up 21K today. Boom. So I had to make sure no matter what, my goal was to make $1,000 profit a day. And that was around like... 2007, you know, the recession hit after, but I was like, basically, you know, I had already become a millionaire, but, you know, I was starting a new business and I was like, hey, look, this is what I want to do. Could make 30 G's here, but then, you know, I was just constantly making sure no matter what my goal was to hit a thousand dollars a day and that's 365 grand a year, uh, you know, and that's really not saying much, but that's after bills are paid. That's after anything, regardless, I'm walking away with that no matter what. So I could have made a fucking million dollars. But I might have had 600, 700 grand in overhead. I might have had 300 grand in taxes. Who knows? So with that said, I've always leveled up. I'm like, all right, well, five Gs a day, you know? And then it was like, all right, well, let me make 10 Gs a day, you know? And then I started to try to get to a point in life where, I, you know, 10 Gs a day was tough. I'm not going to lie to you, right? Obviously, you know, that's, but I've set these goals for a certain reason. And me being, you know, a spaz and being a hyper dude, you know, it took some time. Obviously, two times I mentioned on the podcast that I was going to get a hyper car. And it took the third time before I actually get into it. I need to say thank you to my my broker, uh, Michael Gunsberg. I have relationships with every car dealership, exotic car dealership in California, period. From all the way from San Francisco, all the way down to San Diego. I know every single mother. I know somebody there that calls the shots, whether it be the GSM, the owner, someone that's doing things there. And uh, look, my boy Michael Gunsberg, a.k.a. the Golden Jew, he makes things seamless. He deals with the middleman shit. He does everything because certain things just makes it, he'll, he'll reiterate for me and uh, make sure, you know, he'll advise me certain things. No matter how much knowledge I have, there's just certain things on, whether it be a leasing question, whether it be a residual question, things like that. He's going to kind of give me his opinion. Sometimes I'm not listening to it and I'm just getting it regardless, but he also locate cars for me, ones that are not on the market. You know, I'm on cars.com every day. I'm fucking looking at CNC, Eurocar, fucking um, all the regular dealerships, you know, Auto Trader, all that stuff. James Edition, not so much. You know, DuPont, Registry, I'm not really a big fan of, but... Um, Michael will bypass all the bullshit for me. So, yeah, K-Town Destroyer 8, I picked up a triple black Sinister Senna. And my McLaren Senna is billed 345 out of 500. There are 500 cars worldwide. I think less than half of them are in the United States. Definitely less than half, you know. Again, my I got build number 345. I believe I have the only all black, black center that there is. Now, there is a GTR that's all black, but there's, again, there's people who paint the, the splitters, some people are painting the diffusers, some people are painting the spoilers. My shit is all black with carbon fiber, um, you know, completely clear broad, the whole nine. There are small red accents, meaning there's red accents on the seat belts, there's red stitching in the interior, but on the exterior, it is all black. The only thing that is red are my calipers, and it is something that, has, I have to say, the only time out of the 40 exotic cars that I've owned, I have to say, this was the first time since 2004 when I picked up my first car, my Ferrari, Challenge Stradale out of Beverly Hills Ferrari. Um, when I left that dealership and drove straight to Koreatown, there was a feeling, the sound, everything, the way cars sounded then, it was fucking incredible, you know, it was insane. Driving down Wilshire, all the way from Beverly Hills to Koreatown and the way it felt and how, you know, the challenge is obviously, you know, that's their GT, you know, car. And it was like, you know, rough ride, um, exotic feeling, the whole nine, window down, 
not a care in the world and I paid it cash, had no fucking, no issues, nothing. I got the car from McLaren, Philadelphia. Uh, the Philadelphia store is actually owned by the same people who own McLaren Newport Beach. And um, Newport, let me tell you something. The McLaren Newport Beach is also McLaren Lamborghini. I'm sorry, Lamborghini Newport and also Koenigsegg Newport and also Bugatti Newport Beach. Shout out to Seb, a.k.a. Sebastian. Um, Sebastian was my sales guy at McLaren Newport. He is a fucking class act. This dude was a kid's soccer coach and decided to sell cars. I think I forgot what he says. Less than a decade, but he's selling cars and he's a fucking great stand-up dude. The dealership is by far the nicest exotic car dealership I have ever been to. I've been to Ferrari dealerships in China, in Korea. I've been to obviously all places in, you know, Prestige is, imp is impressive in, in Miami. You know, Manhattan Motor Cars is cool. This is a whole different level. Of course, it's different. It's Orange County. They have more space and certain things. They have a state-of-the-art service department there. They have an insane waiting room. Everyone was very serious about you know, um, wearing masks, even though Orange County is not about that, but they are about that life there. They have a brand new fresh pack of surgical masks right at the desk, ready to go when you walk in. They have attractive um, front desk ladies and they, you know, they have, you know, everyone's dressed sharp. They have a great selection of fucking cars. It was packed. It was crazy. Well, packed, I'm sorry. It was packed with cars, but there was definitely, you know, a lot more people than I thought there'd be shopping. Waiting room is lit, you know, the little snack bar, the fucking, just everything is what a dealership should look like. But not many places can obviously have something like that. So salute to McLaren Newport Beach and my boy Seb, who held me down on this Senna. And they also gave me some amazing gifts, like beyond, I mean, Jesus Christ, they gave me two nights at the Montage Laguna Beach. And that right there is fucking big money with like resort credit and all that stuff. Me and my wife is just crazy. But anyways, picked up a Senna all black. This motherfucker is really sinister. Eight is a lucky number. If you are Asian, you know what I'm talking about, especially if you are Chinese. Um, eight relates to obviously my son, London, you know, was born 824. Uh, eight was Kobe's number. You know, it's just a lot of things with number eight. Is, it's it's a great number. And K-Town Destroyer 8, I couldn't have had, you know, and it wasn't like I planned this. It just happened in the fucking pandemic of all things. Um, why didn't I make an actual post for it? I, I don't need to. You know, it's no matter how generous I've been, it just ain't that time to celebrate this goal. You know, it's important to me and, and whatever. And, you know, pulling up to my gate and then my kids, you know, walking outside the house and seeing the car and it was a trip seeing, you know, they seen a lot of shit pull up and they saw this and they were like, fuck, they really thought it was a Batmobile. And uh, even my wife was like, well, like, this is a whole different level. And leaving the dealership, okay, leaving the dealership was fucking crazy. Because most people in a car like that, you, you know, you, you drop a million dollars in a car, you know, you're going to have that shit flat bedded out, whatever. I was like, man, fuck that. You tripping, bro. I'm driving this bitch home. Get out, you know, bust a left turn, bust a right turn onto the fucking five freeway. And there was like this little, like, slight curve I hit that bitch at 80 and I was like, yo, this feeling, there's nothing like that feeling except the time when I got my first exotic car ever. And that was 16 years ago. And it was, it was literally, I can't explain the satisfaction and just the, the anxiety, everything, all kinds of different kinds of routes. You know, the car has glass doors, meaning I can see the fucking road on the floor. It's fucking a trip. It's a lot going on. The car is very quirky. You could hear every fucking thing. You feel everything. It's like my Pistas, my Aventadors, my SV. All these cars have been slammed on the ground. I can feel the suspension. This is even on another level. You know, there's a $16,000 water pump for like race cars. You know, have one drivers when they're racing, they have, they have this little thing where it's an MSO option to get a water tank in there so you could drink water, cold water and fresh water. There's glass roof. There's state-of-the-art sound system, which is totally, you know, against what's going on. This car is fucking insane. It's tits. Drives impeccable. Like, imagine a 675 LT, or now the 765, but a 675 LT, a GT2 RS, and a GT3 RS, 
all put into the best possible car and this is better than that and more powerful and faster and just like this is the only car I am not going to do anything to. I don't need to put an exhaust system on this. I do not need to lower the car. Fuck with the suspension. There is nothing. It's already been clear brought. I'm going to take it to my boy Dean at Sticker City and get the um, Slip Pro. And that's the, you know, skid plate. That's fucking the best customized skid plate for any fucking car. It doesn't matter what you have. It is the best fucking thing to come to anybody who has an exotic car, right? The only thing I'm contemplating on doing is my boy Alex Gintani. I might have Gintani do the tune just to maybe smooth out things, but it doesn't need it. Like it drives literally, it is the best driving car I've ever driven. I've driven a P1, I've driven a 918, I've driven a LaFerrari, I've driven everything except the Kona Sega and a Pagani. I have driven everything you could think of. I'm telling you, this is the greatest fucking car I've ever driven. Alejandro, who was my guest, you know, not too long ago, he's had everything. And he said it's the best fucking car. And it is fucking amazing. It is up to date. Why would I want to go into a fucking P1 or anything that's outdated that has issues? The hybrid, this ain't no hybrid. This is just pure pussy. It is just fucking amazing. And again, you know, I've done a shit ton of charity and I've donated. I've done all kinds of stuff. But again, it just wasn't that time to, you know, make a post and long caption. I don't want to hear that shit right now. No matter how many other people are doing it. And some other people, I see my boys, you know, they're posting cars and stuff. It's different with me. No matter how fucking poor I came up, whatever, and how how much of a struggle. It's like, man, it's cool. There's other things. I'm not tripping. The celebration was with me and my family and my team. And again, I told you, you know, guys, last week, you know, be careful the motherfuckers who ain't clapping in your circle. You know, it's like, I couldn't imagine anybody. And again, you know, I also understand. Look, you go get a fucking Ferrari. You go get a Pista. Go get an SV. Go get an SVJ, you know. And those are big deals. You know, go get a Huracan even. Go get a Huracan Evo. You drop 300 grand. It's a big deal. You know, it's tough sometimes to see somebody who's struggling or whatever and see your homeboy, you know, pick up a $1.2 million car. It ain't really like, you know, it's some shit. And now going back to it, you know, I was talking to a good friend of mine and he's like, you don't need to post that shit. I know you've, you know, you've taken down a lot of your posts. You don't really have shit like that unless it's joy that you've made. It's not really your thing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really about that. He's like, you don't have to, you know, and this guy's way richer than me. He's actually famous and he's not viral famous. He's very famous, you know, and he was breaking it down to me. He's like, you don't even need to, you know, most people already assume that you have shit like this. Now, not necessarily the center, but they assume I have nice shit, you know? And um, every so often I laugh, you know, because there's like this myth that's on the internet, like that I was broke, you know, there's all these stories and it's just like crazy. This one's like, yeah, he had a red M3. Yeah, he borrowed money from, the- I never borrowed nobody. I never borrowed money from nobody. Not motherfucking ever. I'm not going to get into the whole fuck, but it was just funny. I debunked all this shit and people have been saying this since 2008. All right, so 12 years, right? Now, do you have any idea how fucking difficult it is to live the life that I live with three kids and, you know, help and all this other shit that I got going on home? You know how difficult that would be to be broke, to do that and be broke in the pandemic and everything else? You have any idea? So more importantly, I made sure that I put a vanity plate on this car and the vanity plate on my center says BBDTC. Yes. So when you see it all triple black sinister center driving down the street, if the license plate says BBDTC, you already know what the fuck it is. All right. And I haven't even rocked the license plate in 20 fucking years. Almost 20 years has gone by and I haven't had a fucking plate. I started doing custom plates because it is the law now, like for real. Okay. It's the law law and they're fining you. And again, I don't want to give the LAPD another reason to get pulled over. I don't fuck with pigs. It's just another other fucking reason. By the way, this car doesn't have traditional windows. So if I do get pulled over, I can't even fucking roll the window down. It's like different. It's fucking amazing. Also, with that said, you know, people who are going out there trying to stunt or trying to do something. Look, I don't suggest it. One, um, they're not giving loans out to people. One of the issues with the second time around the car was you know, I didn't really want to put a lot of money down because, you know, the smart thing is to lease it. One, for taxes. Two, use the money for anything else. And there's just so many other strategic ways to use the money. And I was putting 750 grand with an 800 plus credit score. And I still got denied. This is from one bank that I already had $2.5 million in car loans paid off. So what I'm getting at is 
don't be dumb. Don't try to outstunt somebody who's been doing this for a long time. Look, man, the question is, you can go and buy as much Gucci, as much Louis Vuitton. You can buy Off-White, all that shit. That's cool. You can go rent a house. Totally fucking different with the car, especially when it comes to this level of a car. They want to know where it's physically fucking garaged. They don't want no fucking business address. They don't want to, even if it's under a fucking business account, they need to know where the car is going to be garaged. They need to know all that shit. The insurance that goes on with this is different than any of the insurance I had before. All right. You know, I'm paying fucking what, $2,500 a month in insurance for this car. And the tires have to be changed after a certain amount of time. And these aren't cheap tires, man. Trofeo R's are definitely probably the most expensive fucking tires there are. The Bugatti tires is a Quinn. A Quinn is a lie. It's a bullshit. It's a myth. That shit's bullshit. The only thing is that they fucking literally super glue adhesive them to the wheels. And that's why it's the issue. Whatever. It's just fucking stupid. Anyways, oil change, no joke. You know what I'm saying? G's expensive as fuck. So can you afford it? It has to be nothing. And then people are like, well, okay, boom. Look, think. Three kids, three tuitions, meals, special meals, special diets, my wife, holding down the entire house, holding down my mom, whoever else, you know, it has to be nothing. And that's what it was. It was nothing. It was the right time. Boom, everything was, all the stars were aligned. Boom, I fucking did it, right? Just to break it down again, car only takes 100 octane fuel. Yes, I could put 91 or 92. It would fuck up the way the car is tuned and everything. Not doing that. So there's, you know, a handful of gas stations that have 100 octane at the pump. And uh, yeah, so a fill-up is $180. And believe me, the way I'm going to drive this motherfucker, the way I drive it, it don't really get great mileage. So, and it's a bitch, you know, it's like fucking 20, 25 minute drive to go get gas. And then it's 180 bucks. It's, you know, but again, it's, you're about that life. Then, you know, you follow directions and everything else. And uh, this weekend I went to the Purist Group charity drive meetup and I uh, got there early, got there with my boy Anthony. My boy Anthony is a hustler young cat, um, Salvadorian homie. And, uh, he had a pista and we met up, went over to La Puente and, uh, I get there and it is fucking starting to get packed and it is just hot as a fucking bitch outside. Like it was so hot. I was getting anxiety. Like I was ready to take a quarter bar of Xanax. That's how fucking hot it was. I had a cold bottle of water and that shit became warm. Like it was fucking hot as shit. Doesn't help that there's fucking glass fucking roof in the fucking McLaren. It's not like the glass roof in my GTC for Luso. That actually doesn't get you high. This is just different. But it was a charity thing for kids, for back to school, to donate, you know, school supplies mostly. And, you know, they had a 2,000 plus car turnout. And it was all a mixture from JDM to everything. I saw some old dope ass. I saw three cars pull up on the 60 freeway and all three of them were right-hand drive, right? I saw S2000, I saw, you know, a 93, you know, era Supra, I saw a Skyline, I was an R34, it was, um, I'm sorry, it was R32, I think, and it was, you know, right-hand drive, it was dope, those people up pulling up, Ferrari group was so cow pulled up, I'm actually part of that group, and I just met them there, I didn't want to, I had other, like, I can't roll in a convoy sometimes, especially when the weather's like this, but I pulled up in the center, and motherfuckers lost their minds, man, it was a trip, it was, um, actually got social anxiety. You know, everyone's wearing a mask though. No one was not wearing a mask. And, uh, you know, it was respect. A lot of Asian people are like, yo man, this is definitely, you know, inspiration and everything else. I'm like, cool, you know? And I smashed out. And then um, this weekend, and this is the weekend wrap up. I didn't even mention that, but you know, this weekend was a lot of chilling with my family and did a lot of barbecuing, did some swimming, kicked it with my in-laws and, uh, you know, good times. But um, back to putting, you know, a certain amount of money down, affording everything else, whatever. My boy Lil Duval, right? Famous comedian, you know, he's actually one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. You know, he's, I would say like 80% of his posts amuse me. His other posts really doesn't, whatever, boom. And, and, but he really, you know, he has that hit song, Living My Best Life, you know, and, and, um, you know, I've actually known Roland, aka Lil Duval. I've known Roland for, fuck, 15 years or so, you know what I mean? And I first heard about him in 2001 when he did uh, the comedy special with Cedric the Entertainer, who's also my friend. And um, he brought up this thing, and he brings it up every so often, that you should save up on anything you want to buy, no matter what the fuck it is, jewelry, watch, house, everything. You should save up until you could buy it outright. And no, that works for smaller things for sure, all right? But for like real estate or homes 
or if you want to actually get super ahead in life, you have to have good credit. Because he was saying, you know, you don't need credit for what? I don't need credit, blah, blah. I have a debit card. I don't really believe in credit cards, everything else. You know, if I have a vacation, he pays for it, you know, with his debit card, everything else. And again, you know, Duval, he's, you know, look, he's not cheap or anything. He, you know, he flies all over the world. He has great chips. You know, he's cool with spending 800 bucks on an international ticket on a commercial flight. You know me, I'm not going to do that. I just can't. So it's not exactly easy for me to just put 25 grand on plane tickets on a debit card. And now if it's multiple people, you know, it could be, you know, 60, 70 grand flying first class to Asia or something, right? Anyways, going on, I agree with it to a certain extent, but when you have great credit, it gives you 10 times better spending power and you could use the money for something else, God forbid, you know, having good credit again, we talked about this, you can get in big trouble, right? You got to make sure that your debt to income ratio is on fucking point. It has to be great. But going on, Senna, you could buy it outright. So it wasn't an issue. But like with a home or something else, look, man, God bless anyone who could buy a two, three, four, $800,000 house, whatever it may be. It doesn't fucking matter. God bless them. You know, the smarter move, any smart CPA, any smart businessman will tell you, you'd rather put down, not necessarily the least minimum down, but you know, something to make and have a, you know, a comfortable you know, payment, whatever, no matter what the fuck you do, even if you own your house outright, you're going to have to pay property tax. You're going to have to pay fucking homeowner's insurance. You're going to have, you know, monthly shit regardless. And the funny thing is with um, Lil Duvall, he's just like me. I don't have anything on fucking auto pay, period. Just because I change things so many times and whatever. And if I want to say fuck you, direct TV and go to something else, I'm not doing that. And the funny thing is I've been late on bills a lot, not because I couldn't pay them, just because, you know, whatever. And, and you know, you get your memory gets fucked up. And we're going to get into that in a second with, you know, reminders and schedules and stuff. I'm good with everything else except bills for corporations. So I've had my electricity turned off and my wife was like, you know, it's so fucking embarrassing. And it's just like, I don't give a fuck, you know? And like, it happens very, I mean, it's, it's happened maybe twice in the last 10 years, but it's happened before and Lil Duval happens all the time, right? And for him, it's fucked up. But, you know, no matter how motherfucking rich I get and, you know, I just, that's just not, me, I'm not going to ever have fucking auto pay. There is an app out there actually though called Truebill. I've spoke about it once or maybe twice on the show. Truebill, this is not an ad. It is a fucking great app. You can directly connect your bank accounts or bank account to the app. You can connect all your credit cards. And then from there, it will assess all your fucking bills. It will break down how much you spend every week, how much you're spending a month, what you what your goal is, what you want to be in, and it's actually fucking amazing. Even though I have a wealth advisor and I also have a CPA, this app lets me know that I'm on the same thing. So I don't want to fucking be surprised when Suleiman tells me something or anything else. And with all this shit, I don't want to fucking talk too much. I mean, I'm done with the car. Whether it be a car, a house, whether it be just getting a big check, if you don't feel super grateful, obviously, especially in this time right now, if you don't feel that you're overly blessed to eat a good meal twice a day, three times a day, whatever, then you've been successful for the wrong reason. And maybe you're not successful. Maybe you're miserable. You know, people are like, oh man, Ben's mad all the time. Man, I haven't been mad in a long time. <laughs> I've been mad maybe like twice in the last 10 years. That's where people don't get it. I'm the type of person that would punch a motherfucker in the mouth on the same day I won $20 million. It's not about being angry. It's just me, something ain't right with my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm not angry. Meaning in that term where I'm bothered and upset about something. Now, especially things beyond my control, you know, get irritated. That's more of, you know, of a word that, that suits, you know, my mannerisms. But angry, no. But if you don't feel, you know, and if you hit a goal, you know, success is, is a long-term thing. You know, to me, you can't say, oh, I'm successful. And then like, you know, three, four years, you had a hit album or, you know, you sold or you made some great jewelry or you fucking sold so many cars or you sold so many houses. And then like you have a 10 year rut or a five year rut and you come back. That's not successful. Right now, of course, we're not going to get into the happiness thing. Of course, that is the ultimate success when you are truly content and happy with your life and everyone is good. That is like the ultimate. And, you know, I'm pretty much there, right? You know, but at the same time, it is a work in progress. I need to make sure my kids are always happy. They're living a great life. You know, they're going to grow up and live better than I did. And everyone is happy. And I try to help everyone. Like, I, I can. That's true success to me. And obviously, again, it's a long process. You can't be successful for one year. It just doesn't make sense. But at this 
point in time. Not just because of the Senna or what's going on with whatever. Of course, you know, with my work ethic and everything and the whole combination of everything that's going on in regards to business, I am excessively grateful and overly beyond blessed of what's going on right now. I get emotional about it and I really have thought a lot about it in the last couple weeks and been like, man, to sit here and some people are like, oh man, how come you're not out and doing something in, you know, in fucking Mexico and Cancun or Cabo or somewhere? I don't need to go. And it's me nice, of course. I don't need to go rent an Airbnb or go to a hotel and do that. I mean, of course I do that anyways here and there, but I'm good just sitting in a home that I worked hard to get with my best friends, my two sons, my daughter, my wife, my team. Like, I don't need much more than that. That is really the ultimate blessing in the world. And the cherry on top, you know, getting a hypercar in this fucking pandemic and depression, yo, it's cool. But it wouldn't be so cool if, and it's not about the monetary value about it. It's just the fact that I am very grateful of where I am at in life and that I could express it here on the podcast. It cannot get misunderstood here. You hear my voice. You hear how serious I am about this. All right. Now, this is a very long process where I started and to where I am now. It's like I tell people all the time. I still flip, you know, I fucking sold a Goyard fucking passport whole the other day. I have like a St. Laurent toiletry bag I'm going to get rid of. I have a bunch of Louis Vuitton like sweaters and other shit and Supreme and things like that. Don't ever fucking be too proud to sell sneakers or old clothes. Man, get rid of that shit. If you ain't going to sell it, donate it, whatever. It's not nothing to be ashamed of. Of course not nothing to be ashamed of, but if you want to sell it and you want to make cool, you know what? Sometimes some people are like, oh man, you know, designer clothes, blah, blah, whatever. Depending how you bought it, depending how you got it. And, you know, again, some people want to wear a good outfit that makes them look good, makes them feel good. Hey man, that's priceless. At the same time, the people who just only, like, they dress like shit or they save up and they wear the same thing all the time, whatever. Cool. Look, I'm not here to judge, but I am judging. It's like, I'm not going to wait in line. That's just not where I'm at. You know, there was different ways of how, I, you know, I would attack this. But, you know, if I'm going to wear something that's nice, you know, I'm going to wear it. And if I want to sell it, cool. But I'm not, that was never a business that I wanted to get into. Like, just reselling that, like, to survive. For gas money or for, I know for other people, it's, it's their living money. But don't ever be too proud to sell sneakers and sell clothes and sell anything else. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks, all right? Because again, making a million dollars is not that hard. But keeping it is. And that's from my old boss, Dr. Dre. You know, it's crazy because when I was a kid, a millionaire meant fucking everything. And it just doesn't mean that much to me as far as, you know, the, the face value, you know, Obviously, a billionaire is a new millionaire, and that's where it just gets crazy. Because I have no, I have no aspiration to become a billionaire. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, uh, real quick about the hobby. By the way, shit, man, fucking playoffs start today, and uh, Lakers and Dodgers been fucking crushing it. Um, there's not really too much sports I could really get into. Seahawks, is it going to happen? I, I still don't know. I'm still really fucking irritated that Clowney has not signed with us. I don't know what the fuck is up. All right, getting into the hobby. Cal Ripken cards have shipped. I get my cards today. That means that I'm going to Beckett again this week to get the autographs authenticated. That means that this week there will be one-on-ones for sale. There's going to be maybe one or two friends and family cards for sale. There is going to be the one of 50 Cal Ripkins. This is my top two favorite card out of all the cards I've done. All right going to have a 1 of 50 edition autograph in silver and uh, BBDTC, and then I'm going to have a 1 of 10 gold Cal Ripken autograph for sale this week. Blake Jameson's Mike Trout card was a collab. It was the first and only collab in the Tops Project 2020. He signed 10. I signed 10. It is a dual auto card. I'm selling five on my site, bbdtc.com. He's selling five on his site. I don't know the website. I will get it later. Not sure if it's going to be dropping this week as well. But Cal Ripken will be dropping this week, and I'm excited. What else is dropping this week? This Wednesday, the 19th, the San Diego legend, motherfucking Tony Gwynn. It's my 11th card, I think, right? 
Is it my 12th or 11th? Pretty sure it's my 11th. Anyways, Tony Gwynn, motherfucking G, the actual true Mr. 300. A lot of people don't know this, but he was drafted to the San Diego Clippers, which are LA Clippers now, but he was drafted in the NBA too. So uh, that is it with the hobby. Look, man, things are starting to pick up as far as like my Ichiro is even getting slowly climbing up. The Frank Thomas is starting to go up. Um, my autos are selling well. I'm excited. Uh, trying to make you motherfuckers some money too. Shit, man. I was going to talk about my calendar and everything else. And like I was talking with door reminders and stuff. But I just was just going to say real quickly. You know what, man? You have an iPhone. You have a fucking droid. It has a calendar. It has alarms. I set alarms every day. All right? Three times a day I set when I'm supposed to take my fish oil, my vitamins, and my fucking, you know, my stomach medicine, whatever it may be. All right? Then the other alarms I set to wake up no matter what. I wake up early as fuck. I want to wake up and get my day started, focus. So if I fuck up my day, I can restart that motherfucker, you know? And um, I set, you know, reminders. All right, boom, I got a call here for a watch corporation, boom. I have a call here with my agent, and I just, I really utilize my calendar and my alarms. It is a great fucking reminder. It's like the movie Equalizer, which you already know I fucking love. I'm the fucking Asian John McCall. I love that movie Equalizer. He's always using a stopwatch to see how long things take and everything else. I do it in the opposite way. I have a timer where it reverses and shows me, all right, I got 45 minutes to do this, and I'm always super aware of time, you know, it doesn't matter, pandemic, post, whatever, I'm always estimating how long certain things are going to take, I'm very good with time management, I am probably one of the most punctual people anyone will ever say they've ever met, and this has nothing to do with something that's out of my control, like shipping tops, cars, or anything, that's got nothing to do with me, I'm an independent contractor that designed some cards, don't handle logistics or anything else. But as far as meeting and things like that, I am very punctual. Now, if I'm a bad texter, part of it is because I just have too much shit going on. The other part is because really, honestly, to tell you the truth, you are not an insane priority like at that moment when everything, even if I have nothing to do, it's just not a priority because my peace and my mental health in my state of my everything just like having that peace of mind is priceless so as far as entertainment you know what i watched surviving epstein finally i watched every fucking episode it was like five hours i think something yo shit was cool it was good it wasn't as good as uh filthy rich but there was more people that they got that had testified against jeffrey epstein the crazy part is they all had the same story these are women who don't even fucking know each other, you know, had no access to it. like this worldwide. You know, it's like you got people in London, you got people in Nebraska, fucking Vegas, Los Angeles, my bitch, just wherever, all over the world. It was crazy. Again, I have an obsession with this whole situation because he's such a piece of shit. Um, I watched this movie, Acts of Violence, which Bruce Lillis is in, and as a revenge movie, it was definitely very entertaining. I would give it two guns up for sure. It's definitely good. There is just, man... I have really gone on some fucking amazing rants. I don't even want to get into this other topic I was going to get into. I think I'm going to save it for episode 108. But yo, check this out, guys. Listen to me, okay? It doesn't cost a penny, not a cent, to compliment someone, okay? To say something nice, all right? But don't lie because it means so much more when you tell someone something good about themselves, right? And it's the truth. Because, I mean, I'm being serious, right? Don't tell somebody they look like motherfucking Emily Ratajkowski. And she actually looks like the fucking, uh, the mom from that fucking reality show. What the fuck is the, um, Mama June? I forgot what the fucking show was called. I'm just saying, don't lie. Be truthful. There's other things. They can have a great smile, you know, and not be whatever into society's terms of attractive, whatever. I'm just saying, it doesn't cost anything to compliment someone. Okay. And also go tell someone that you love them today and you might already have, but I'm just saying, make sure that your friends or your family or anyone that you care about, make sure that they know that you love them. All right. It's something that I just really believe in. I don't want to leave this earth without any of my loved ones knowing how I truly felt about them. Okay. Make sure you tell somebody you love them. It can be your mom, whatever. You know, you may not love that many people. Who knows? But if you can make someone's day today, do it. Especially in these times, the sensitive times, people just tripping, man. 
If you can make someone's day and it doesn't bust your back, cool. And if you can and it busts your back and you ain't tripping, cool. Also, lastly, when you wake up each day, make sure you tell yourself that you're going to make it a great day. Verbally say, hey, you know what, John, I'm going to make it a great day. You know, hey, you know what, Natalie, I'm going to make it a great day. Where the fuck your name is, okay? You tell yourself, okay? And if you need to restart your day, it doesn't matter if you need to fucking restart that fucking day 10 times. You do it as many times as you need to until you get it fucking right, okay? But then at the same time, you got to be able to acknowledge when a day is a wash. When a day is a wash, it's okay, man. You know, you're going to have those, right? And you be like, you know, this isn't a video game where you get multiple lives. You get one life only, and it's not a practice life. I've said this, all right? Just make sure every fucking day counts. All right, I love you guys. Lakey, take us out of here, bro. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all later.